Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there, welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. It's the 5k plan week one session four and it's all about the twos almost today. What we're going to be doing is two 20 minute intervals with two minutes rest and our stroke rate is going to be 22 strokes per minute. Could have made it 22 minutes but I thought that would be just a little bit too many twos. Your pace is going to be right about 2k plus 16 to 18 which when it comes to the 5k pace means round about 5k plus 11 to 13. And your effort level today is going to be, like I say, it's a bottom tier, so you're going to be around about 5 or 6 out of 10, and your speech should be quite comfortable to have a conversation. So let's get into our four-minute warm-up. Now set up your machine first, please set your drag factor. If you don't know what drag factor is, please check out the video on my channel. And then set your monitor to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down and then finally your foot straps do it so that it covers the bottom horizontal lace on your shoe or if you're in socks like me it just lets you comfortably hinge forward at the front through your toes so they don't get grabbed and snatched right oh it's cold today autumn is upon us folks right so four minute warm-up starting 18 strokes per minute just follow me for stroke rate and do what i say please in three two one go so just ease into it, okay? So I say, do what I say. That's what I mean, is just ease yourself into a warm-up. This is just about warming up. You're not meant to be breaking a sweat within the first six strokes of a warm-up. So don't worry too much about what numbers you're seeing on the monitor pace-wise. Just make sure you're putting in a good solid drive with your legs and that your connection from your legs through your body into the arms feels quite nice. You can always tell when you get the rowing stroke somewhere near effective because you hear that proper whoosh to the flywheel or the water or whatever rowing machine you're using at home. Just that feeling that you're sending some kind of power through the handle. I'm going to talk more about technique and stuff as we go through the session anyway, so I'm not going to bore you too much with it here. <laughs> I'll wait and bore you <laughs> during the main session. No. Got 40 minutes rowing ahead of us, so we can talk a little bit about technique and other things. Just keep you company as always while you're rowing this session along with me. Alright, so in three more strokes, I want you to take one of your feet out of the foot straps. So here we go, one foot out on the floor and just continue rowing. Same pace, well, same stroke rate. Maybe a couple of seconds slower pace-wise, but a good solid drive still from the right, from the leg, please. This gives you a good sensation of your body compression and lets you focus on that leg drive. Swap legs. Sometimes when you're doing two legs at the same time, you can intend to favour one over the other. And it's hard to really spot that. But then when you do single-legged, you can often pick up that little bit of weakness. Right, one more stroke here. Both feet in, a little bend to the knees, and just your back and arms. Just try and 
I think I'm over leaning a little bit. So just think about the body angle that you'd have when you're rowing normally. I think I was kind of over leaning like that almost. So just rock back and forward through the hips. Right, reverse your position, so arm straight and a leg drive. Doesn't have to be too hard. This is just about the connection with the flywheel right at the very front. If you want, you can even just rock in and out, feeling that biting point. It's just about that point there. That snap as you hit the flywheel is so important. One more. There we go. So that's the warm-up done. Keep on moving up and down the rail, have a quick drink, and I'll just quickly say again what it is we're doing today. So we're going to be doing two 20-minute intervals with two minutes rest in between. And you'll be doing them at 22 strokes per minute, and your pace will be run about 2k plus 16 to 18, which is 5k plus 11 to 13. Now what end of that pacing strategy you go for is really down to how strong you're feeling, but the most important thing here is that I don't want you to push this low-rate stuff. I'll talk about that more in the session as we get into it, but... Might as well just go for it. We've got 40 minutes ahead of us, like I said, during the warm-up, so there's no point in me top-loading on my waffle here. I'll save, I'll save all that for the main session. So, 20 minutes, 22 strokes a minute, then two minutes rest, then do it again. Okay? Let's get ready to go in three, two, one. Let's go. The 22 is always just that little bit awkward to get into nice and fast so I've already kind of messed up haven't I? still done it 20 there we go, 22 right because there's no easy guide there we go, so I have some really stroke it right now I've got to try and worry about the pace so I'm supposed to want to be aiming for 201 to 203. There we go. See, sometimes I do say that it can take time to get your pace and rate sorted, especially like I was in the process of saying. 22 is slightly different because you can't just look at the counter because like 20 strokes a minute is just one every three seconds 24 to one every two and a half but 22's a lot more just down to rhythm. You kind of hit 22 and then just keep an eye on the stroke rate counter and make sure you're not deviating too much. I seem to be going slightly faster rather than slower. So I'll bump up to 23. So when you're doing this on your own and not following me for stroke rate it does take a little bit of concentration but this is where the importance of rhythm comes in but once you get that rhythm to your stroke rate right you shouldn't really be much more than one stroke per minute either faster or slower because your the fluidity of your stroke hits a rhythm that once you get into the groove you just repeat the importance of 
why you let everything flow through itself rather than being jerky and kind of robotic with your stroke. I think I've said a few times on other videos that you should think about it being like Tai Chi or or even dancing with the machine. It's all about rhythm and flow and I'm definitely hitting the more bottom end. So I've been mid now, but so yeah, so quick reminder for me, I meant to be between 201 and 203. Just seem to be slipping more to the 203s. That's fine. Like I say, these long, lower rate rows, you don't push. So the point of these are that they're absolutely manageable. You shouldn't feel in any way destroyed by them. Yes, you'll feel after 40 minutes of rowing that you've done 40 minutes of rowing. You'll be more out of breath at the end. You should have worked a good glow, sweat on. And you'll have felt like you've had a good workout. But, importantly, especially coming off session three, which was the top tier fast one, and then heading into session five, which was quite a intense mid-tier this week. You want this one to really just be a a little bit more than a recovery row, to be honest. But you don't want it to be one that taxes your body. After all, we pay enough tax as it is. Let's not tax our bodies too. <laughs> like my, my pace dropped there. Almost like my, my body rejected my attempt at humour. <sighs> right. So we're closing in on seven minutes gone. Yes, watch. Ah. Yes, I'm rowing, I'm rowing. There we go. So yeah. Seven minutes done. Let's just spend a little bit of time just in this first interval. So I don't want it to go too long without thinking about technique. And it's also a useful primer for me while I'm rowing with you to go through technique to make sure what I'm doing is right or at least as right as I can manage. So, I know it's a bit repetitive to always discuss the stroke from the front and the catch by the front stroke here, but it's the start of the stroke, and therefore one of the most important places in the entire stroke. Because without laying in the right amount of power, 
at the front. Doesn't matter what you do for the rest of the stroke. You won't be going fast or efficiently when you're rowing. But let's approach it from a different point of view. Just think about your arms first off. What I want you to do is really focus on having relaxed, straight arms as you hit the front of the machine. So here, nice and relaxed, out straight, maybe with a little rotation of the elbows down towards the floor. That can help with the cue to have straight arms and it also helps to engage your lats. And I'm a great believer in how much power your lats can give you so that's one of the off machine weights exercises I do is a lat pull down I can really feel the same muscles in a lat pull down being used with a rowing stroke I might still have a 23 for a while come on it's for better yeah so nice straight arms You want your fingers to be like hooks over the handle. Okay, so like hooks, I can take my thumbs away. And my fingers are just hooked over it. This brings up, I'm gonna put my thumbs under again. The question of thumbs over the handle, like that, or thumbs under the handle. Thumbs under, I believe, gives you a better transfer of the power from your legs through your arms and into the handle. Thumbs over shifts a lot of the power into your forearms instead of the chain of your arms. Well, I say your. I mean, for me, I can tell the difference between thumbs under the handle, lightly touching my forefinger, index finger, as opposed to thumbs over the top, and it all just being my fingers. I can feel the fight against my forearms. So, I recommend thumbs under. And you'll see, most people have thumbs under. So, thumbs over the top are more of the exception. Anyway, so, fingers as hooks, thumbs under, hands, nice and relaxed to go with your relaxed arms and relaxed shoulders then want your body to lean in to a one o'clock position at the front so you have a slight lean forward not an absolute dump forwards, just a slight lean. And the important thing with that lean is to think about how you're sitting. So you don't want to be sitting back on your glutes. You want to be kind of prone and slightly forwards 
so that as you get to the front of the machine here you're on your sit bones so by being on your sit bones with your body leaning forwards to one o'clock your shoulders should be over your hips and then the other way to make sure your shoulders are over your hips with that forward body lean is to make sure your shins are pointing vertically when you get to the front of the stroke so straight up here so important thing shins vertical body lean forwards and shoulders over hips if you address the front of the machine like this you are robbing yourself of so much power and there's also a potential for injury but it's more about robbing power really so you've got your body position shins vertical arms straight and then handle at a nice comfortable height you're not artificially high you're not scraping off the bottom of the boat just nice and comfortable as they naturally come out in front of you and then when it's time to start your stroke plant those heels down into the foot plate down and then push the machine away from you push push and even just push me thinking about push making it a pushing function instead of a just randomly going up and down push my pace is easily jumped up to 201 and I've been languishing down in the 203s and 204s for a while nothing's changed apart from I'm now concentrating on it being a push with the legs so I'm actually putting in concentrated effort through my legs instead of just a unconscious meh this is what I mean about a conscious effort so real putting down the heels in fact I've done a click to light on the stroke rate and I'm still 201 so get those heels down and then keep your forward body lean for as long as possible through the leg drive and that lets the power from your legs get up through your body into your arms very efficiently and then as you're coming to the end of the leg drive when you rock through your hips with your back that motion adds a spurt of power followed by a good powerful pull in of the handle to run about sternum height elbows straight through wrists flat 
and almost feeling like you're crushing a can between your shoulder blades. And trust me, when you actually think about each element of the drive that way, it does make a difference. So push, push, push. You're going to say push and squeeze. Push, squeeze. Push, squeeze. Push, squeeze. Push, squeeze. Just thinking about those two elements. And I'm suddenly going a lot faster than I have been for the whole interval without it feeling like I'm necessarily putting in any more force. I'm just concentrating at the front and the back. Front, back. So, although this is meant to become an automatic stroke that you grind into your subconscious, you still have to think every now and then about the power cues of push, push, squeeze, push, squeeze. One more, push, squeeze. So that's the first 20 minutes done. Should be, I'm nudging 150 BPM for heart. But not, and I got a little bit of sweat on, slightly out of breath. That's nothing to worry about. I'm not, I felt like I could easily have gone on to do the next interval without taking any rest. But the point is, this two minutes is about just letting me recover enough, setting up for the next one so that it doesn't become too, sorry, don't, don't, don't say taxing again, but it doesn't become too intense a roll. So this little dip in between, just like to recover, stretch yourself, adjust your, oops, <laughs> adjust your pad or your butt or whatever, or in my case, your padded butt. <laughs> Ready to go for the next one. So I'm already, I'm down at 110 already. So recovering within a minute, that's what 40 beats down. See what it is when we start. But like I say, the point is your body's meant to use these two minutes just to recover down a little bit, set you up for the next 20. So the next 20 will still feel like a workout, but it's not going to leave you anywhere near lying on the floor or anywhere near feeling like this is a mid-workout. Do have a drink though. The worst, your worst enemy here is dehydration. The next 20 minutes, if you suddenly get 10 minutes into it and you become over hot, dehydrated, your heart rate will skyrocket and it'll suddenly become a lot tougher than it should be. All right, so then with 10 seconds to go, heart rate is 80 BPM. So, it's all right, I covered what, 70 clicks? So in three, two, one, let's go. Same again. And the interesting thing is, having just spent 20 minutes rowing at 22 and 2K plus 16 to 18, I'm pretty much instantly there this time around because my body got used to it. If you think how it took me a good 30, 40 seconds on the first interval to find my pace and rate, because I've just been teaching my body what it feels like, it instantly knew what to do on this one. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. You're constantly just trying to get your brain trained at what the sensations feel like for the rhythm of the stroke, for how much power you have to put into the leg drive and the finish. 
in order to get the pace you need. Because like I say, there's a element of pace that comes from what's coming from your legs. So if you drive harder with your legs, like this is next stroke will tell you. There you go. So I was even slightly slower stroke rate, but a lot faster pace just from the leg drive. And then the alternative, which I won't demonstrate, because I want to keep the rhythm going. The alternative is to increase your stroke rate, but keep the amount of power you're putting in to each stroke. Often that's done by shortening the recovery slide, but eventually, in order to get a faster stroke rate, you kind of have to drive faster, therefore harder with the legs. So the two methods are independent at lower rates, but the faster you get in stroke rate and pace, those lines tend to converge until it gets to the point that you can't actually put any more power into your higher stroke rate. So then it just becomes only about stroke rate. So once you get up to like late 40s, you're going so fast, you can't really add any more power from your legs. So it's more about how quickly you can get into the next stroke. if you can do 300 watts per stroke at 30 strokes a minute, compare that to 300 watts per stroke at 40 strokes per minute, you're obviously going to go faster. So there you go. Stroke rate and power the two ways you can go faster in case you've never really thought about that before which does kind of let me talk for five minutes about the recovery part of the stroke because in the last interval we spoke about the drive and then I had to kind of say what happens next so what you want to do is get the handle away as quickly as possible. So get away from you into straight arms as quickly as you can. So don't be lazy and do this. Okay? I want you to get arms out straight before your knees bend. And those arms out straight, engage your back to start leaning forwards so that by the time you bend your knees, your arms and your back are in the perfect position for the start of the next stroke. Now this is what I'm trying to really grind into myself that once my knee bend starts I won't bend my back anymore because what happens with me a lot is I get to the front and then I do an extra lean so I go uh lean 
I'm trying to stop that by thinking about arms back, nothing. Arms back, nothing. So that I know as I come here, I'm in the right position and I don't have to lean anymore than I already am. The last thing really for the recovery is what to do with the handle. Same discussion as the front where just a natural release height is optimum, especially on the rowing machine. You'll see, especially on the water rowers, when they recover, they'll tap down and then rise. Tap down, rise. As if to emulate the motion of the oar or blade, whatever, going in and out of the water. But regardless of the river of sweat that may be underneath your machine, I'm going a bit slow again. We're not rowing on water. So it becomes more about what makes your stroke as unbreakable as possible. And so by keeping the handle at a comfortable height, you're promoting your body to be sitting up with a powerful back. Whereas if you drop the handle, the danger is you slump your back and you launch your back backwards too soon as you lift the handle up. So we don't want that to happen. Therefore, handle at a comfortable, neutral height promotes a good, powerful back. And then there's lots of other stuff, like make sure your core is engaged from the front of the stroke to the back of the stroke. And you can relax as you slide forwards. And that kind of helps with your recovery, with soaking up the power properly from your leg drive. So it all goes in the machine rather than you having to yank on the foot straps to stop yourself. About 10 minutes to go, we're halfway there. And that's pretty much all I've got to say today about, about the stroke. kind of, <laughs> you might say condensed, but I don't think any of that was condensed. So, as much as we may have been wavering every now and then in pace and stroke rate by one or two seconds or strokes per minute, if anything, it'll have been going slower rather than faster, which like I say is what I encourage. If you're going to find it tough, these long slow ones, I'd rather you ease back 
a few seconds. Rather than stopping because you can't get to the finish. Because just 40 minutes of low rate, slower rowing is so good for you. It's like you're taking an engine and you're well, I don't know where I'm going with this, but you're basically expanding the capacity of your engine. What do you do to an engine? Bore bigger holes? No. Increase the capacity. That's really all we care about. So, it's giving your system a good... It's like adding a, adding a fuel additive. You're letting your body learn how to power away at a good speed efficiently so you're not going to break down in the middle of the motorway because your engine's blown up even though you're only doing 60 miles an hour however this also means so because your engine is so efficient, when you hit the autobahns of Germany and you can open up the throttle and floor it, your engine has the capacity and efficiency to be able to hold that higher pace before it overheats and you run out of petrol or in my case run out of the analogy <laughs> you get what I mean rowing at this pace just increases the mitochondria in your blood cells so they can give out more power to your muscles you're able to carry more oxygen around your body your heart becomes more efficient your breathing becomes more efficient plus you just become a more well-rounded rower because you're spending time grooving in the stroke Like we learned from interval one to interval two, your body really does respond well to being taught new things. This is your brain. Just creates more myelin to connect your brain cells so you can learn this new sensation. It takes time to do it. And this 40 minutes, which might be anywhere between 8 and 11,000 meters for a lot of you, really gives your brain and body time to develop. But what else can you do to your body? Well, you can tattoo it. You can get a haircut. No. What else helps your rowing? Well, I already touched on hydration. Making sure you're hydrated for your row is really important. But it's also just as important either side of your training sessions to make sure you're properly hydrated. I was really hoping that the next Apple Watch would have had a hydration analyzer on it. It's got a blood oxygen analyzer, but not hydration. 
I was going through a period a couple of years ago where I drink a gallon of water a day which isn't actually that hard it's only well basically if you drink a glass pretty much every hour and then have a pint of water with all your meals you pretty much hit the gallon but what you don't do is sit down at a table and drink a gallon of water that would be bad spread it out through the day it's incredible how your body reacts to it I just fell out the habit and should really get back into it again maybe I'll do that today I've gone into the bad habit of always drinking either orange squash with no added sugar or diet coke or caffeine free diet coke I know the orange squash isn't terribly bad for you even with the artificial sweetener you have to figure the diet coke can't be that good so maybe that's the next thing I do I've got a week and a half left on this training cycle of rower performance diet and weights so maybe as I go into week 8 to 12 or 9 to 12 yeah 9 to 12 I should cut out all fizzy drinks be they diet or caffeine free or whatever and then replace it with water and just see what happens certainly these past eight weeks have been vital to my health lost two inches of lockdown weight around my stomach shifted a few percent body fat and added a few percent muscle and that's just by watching what I'm eating doing a structured training plan and cutting out alcohol sorry to say it but that's the big big trick in getting fit and losing weight so what I do is every four weekends I'll allow myself to have some wine and stuff but the three weekends in between completely clean and it works right one more stroke all done ah. so we probably skipped up and down between 20-21 for stroke rate and that second one a bit more often than I'd like to but to be honest this is just here as a long slow workout and the stroke rate is just a little bit more just to make it so that I'm not always saying 20 strokes a minute but it's almost like my body wants to fall back into what I do most often which is 20 strokes a minute right let's kick into a wee two minute cool down shouldn't need much because it wasn't that tough a session let's go in three two one go so as being it wasn't that tough just use this cool down to put in a relatively solid stroke but not a powerful one if you're looking for a pace maybe 2k plus 30 so enough that all your mus muscles are engaged but not so much that you feel like you're going back into the, another session again 
So that's week one, session four. All in the books, in the diary, done and dusted. Session five is a mixture of 20 strokes a minute and 28 strokes a minute. So you have kind of slightly faster than usual 20 strokes per minute pace, followed by a short burst at 28 and just a bit slower than your 5k pace. And you have a rest and you do it again, and you have a rest and you do it again. So basically it's two and a half K times three is where it came from in the fitness matters workout of the week, but you can't do distance. So I've asked if I can adopt it into, the, into my plan and it's now four minutes, two minutes, four minutes, then rest, you do it three times over. So that's session five. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed session four. Leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, come to the Facebook page, say hello. Um, and just let me know how you get on, if you've got any feedback on what I'm saying or what you're seeing or whatever. I just like, I just like to, like to hear from you really. I just like to know that I'm not here on my own. Hashtag all by myself. Or hashtag, hashtag, hashtag not all by myself, whatever you wish. But yeah, so there we go. That's today's session all done. Make sure you're nice and cool. Get good, like I said, we talk about hydration today, so make sure and have a good drink of water, get something to eat, have a shower, maybe in the reverse order. Um, and yeah, and get yourself ready for session five. Thank you again for joining me today. Have a great day, goodbye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.